A word of warning. This podcast may contain themes that some listeners might find distressing. Not always, but sometimes. However, this podcast will definitely contain strong language. Therefore, if neither of these things sound appealing, it's probably not the podcast for you then, is it? Hello and welcome to the Narcissist Ramblings podcast with me, the Narcissist Psychologist, where today I've got a very um, good episode for you. Um, Well, I think it's good anyway. Um, Where myself and two other psychologists, uh, Dr. Chloe Bedford and Joe Rodriguez, talk about what is, I've playfully titled, uh, social media psychology bollocks. Um, It's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek title, not because I think they're all... um, posts on social media that relate to psychology and mental health are actually bollocks but I guess um, the conversation that you're about to hear explores some of the sort of uh, pitfalls about um, this type of uh, social media content Um, but also the benefits as well so it's not just a a doom and gloom type of episode. Um, I won't give too much away other than to say that um, it's you know the, the route that it goes down covers a bit of a reflective space around um, what we three uh, feel as content creators but as well as what we think some of the um, more tricky posts uh, on social media are about how to spot them how to look after yourself but also to think about um, you know what benefits the different type of posts um, may have so uh, yeah I hope you think it's a good episode Um, if you know you enjoy it and um, it sparks any kind of thoughts please get in touch um, and let, let me know what you think uh, or get in touch with uh, either of my two guests um, and as always if you like the show please rate recommend um, and share um, thank you very much hope you enjoy the show and uh, yeah well, hello and welcome to uh, Chloe Bedford and Joe Rodriguez, uh, better known as The Running Psychologist and Straightforward Psychology on Instagram. How are both of you? Very well, right. thank you. Very well. Good, good. Right. Um, thank you very much for coming to talk to me today. Um, I guess before I ask you to introduce yourselves and sort of say a bit about yourselves, the, the focus of today's podcast is talking about... Um, psychological mental health therapy type information on social media and I guess the the maybe slightly unhelpful problematic maybe worrying trends that are starting to I guess um, develop and be picked up on um, in relation to that Um, I suppose that I suppose that sounds a bit like a (laughs) you know a conspiratorial thing to say but I suppose there are real real world reasons as to why um this is a topic of conversation that we're going to have today and we'll get into that into a little bit so uh, i just want to say obviously thank you to both of you for for taking the time to come talk to me i appreciate it um just because you're at the top of my screen chloe do you want to say a bit about um who you are what you do um and then we'll move on to joe Yep, so I'm uh, Chloe. I'm a counselling psychologist. Um, I'm in my day job. I work with children and adolescents um, and their parents, although I do a little bit of work with adults as well. Um, and on Instagram, I'm the running psychologist because I also quite like running. Um, and I think quite a lot of your content as well um, is around, I guess, you know, I guess the, uh, not the psychology of running per se, but I guess the idea of um you know the benefits of running in terms of mental health but then also i guess i've noticed there's quite quite a lot of compassion around 
um, exercise. And I suppose there's there's a lot of information that you share that's about sort of, you know, saying it's okay to have breaks and not to push yourself. And also I think you link quite a lot to, you know, critical thoughts and thinking around running. And, and I guess, you know, which I think maybe a lot of people can apply just generally to exercise and I guess also life as well. So I think that's also quite a nice little nuanced touch that you add to your, your account. Thank you. It's a much better introduction than I could do. <laughs> I've practiced it. What you can't see is I've written like a no, joke. Your spider diagrams. Spider diagram, yeah, about all the things that you do. Um, okay. Thanks, Chloe. I appreciate that. Uh, and Joe, you're no stranger to my podcast, are you? You've been on before, but for those who may not know you, who I are you? have. I am Joe. So I'm a health psychologist and a CBT therapist. So in my day job, I work in a clinic one to one with adults. Um, not necessarily health psychology related majority of people I see I'm working on a therapeutic basis these days and um, on Instagram I am straightforward psychology so trying to trying to kind of cut through the crap of um, psycho babble and give people relatable mental health information okay um, and yeah, again, you, you know, I've said this before. I really, I like your, I like your style and your brand of of information of uh, information sharing. There's a, <laughs> there's like a, that I swear. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's just a, like the fuck. <laughs> I like, I like the fact that you fucking swear. It's great. I think it's very on brand with with how I approach my Instagram account as well. Um, but I think there's also a certain, uh, I think there's also a certain honesty to to what you share as well, which I think you know helps which I think is in quite stark contrast to maybe some of the stuff that we'll be talking about later on. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So thank you very much for introducing yourselves. Thank you. Um, um, so as always, I don't really know where to start with this. I guess, I guess we'll start to start really. Um, in the lead up to this podcast, I kind of put a few, uh, I put a few questions out to my followers on Instagram. And I guess what I asked um, in relation to sort of mental health information that is um, on social media, I asked kind of about things that they found helpful and things that they found unhelpful. And the reason why I guess this whole conversation has come around is for two reasons. Uh, one, you both did a live together, uh, I'm going to say sort of a month ago, roughly. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. about yeah. And you both did a live um, about this particular conversation that we're going to have, which I thought was which I thought was great. And I thought it was just really um, on point and I guess really uh, pertinent to, um, I suppose, just how people engage with social media and particularly how they engage with mental health uh, and therapeutic uh, content on social media. And then the other reason why is because I myself um made a put a statement up about how i guess just over <laughs> overwhelmed i felt with yeah. all the information that is available and i guess and yeah. you know i i know that it's there for a reason because i choose to follow those accounts i um engage with them for a particular reason obviously a lot of people that i follow like yourselves um mm -hmm. i i know and i've got to know through using um instagram particularly um but even even despite that I just found myself being like fucking hell like yeah. all I see is you know just advice <laughs> yeah, like but just advice or just something yeah. like 
and it's not even delivered with a bad intention because it's just how I receive it, isn't it? So somebody puts a piece of information out in the world, which is fairly, you know, benign because it is just the information, but it's how I receive it. And, you know, I was at one point, I was like, God, if I just read one more pithy, like really, you know, sentimental, generic fucking platitude that almost, that isn't necessarily Mm. Uh, condescending <laughs> but because I'm so burnt out of all this information <laughs> it just comes across as a bit like yeah condescending but anyway so yeah um, I think that's kind of the reason that that was sort of the uh, trigger for our live as well is that at that time we were both talking about it and we felt exactly the same in that it just got to a point where everything you we, we were seeing was like wow like it, there's just so much information out there all the time it just feels too much you, and you do stop paying attention to it it just it's a bit becomes a bit like white noise or a bit mm. irritating mm. um and also like we were diagnosing ourselves like with everything <laughs> I was like fuck do I uh, maybe I've got ADHD I've never really thought I'd have ADHD before but I got so many symptoms of ADHD and, and I think it was around about the time that I joined TikTok and I think TikTok made it even more like made these things even more obvious to me about, mm. you know, just uh, uh, on TikTok, I, I felt like it was a bit more non-psychologically trained people giving mental health psychological mm. advice, probably with good intention, but that's what I was noticing on. Mm. Uh, and so, sorry, to, just to take you back slightly, when you say that you thought that you were, or when you say you found yourself diagnosing yourself, what do you mean? Why were you finding yourself diagnosing yourself? Well, because there were a lot, I was seeing a lot of posts like um, un, unknown symptoms or, or lesser known symptoms of ADHD or, um, and I think Chloe had said, had seen one about um, high functioning anxiety. So, you know, if you have these things and perhaps you've got high functioning anxiety and it was like, oh, you know, if you've got a messy draw, I think Chloe said, if you've got a messy draw, <laughs> yeah. if you're late for things, if you're, and I was like, who the fuck isn't though? Honestly, yeah. like isn't yeah. 95% of the population <laughs> struggling yeah. with these things? The interesting thing, though, because I laughed when you said when because uh, I listened to the live and I laughed when you both said that. So the interesting thing that um, I found was that we have a we have a massively messy drawer in our kitchen. Yes, yeah, so but we. it's yeah, but it's but it's shared obviously between my partner and I. So actually, whose mess is it, and who's the one then? Yeah. If that's if, if, if that's if, if that's a <laughs> symptom of ADHD, do we both have ADHD? <laughs> like, what's happening there? Um, yeah. But yeah, so I guess I, I guess though what you're trying to say is that there's there seems to be I don't know mental health advice and all this kind of stuff seems to be trendy, doesn't it? It seems to yeah. be a way in which to gather yeah. followers to get esteem and all those kind of things, um, which I which. I don't know if you will both agree, is kind of like a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? So on the one hand, there is obviously continued conversation around reducing mental health stigma, making it more accessible, wanting to get the message out about how, uh, you know, again, to use a pithy quote, it's okay to not be okay, all those kind of things, mm -hmm. which I think is wonderful. And, you know, as a therapist and a clinician, that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. But then on the other side, it's almost oversaturating, but yeah. then it's being almost commoditized. Yeah. Commoditized? Is that a, is that a word? I know what you mean. Commodified? I don't what, know. <laughs> what, 
whatever the word is um as 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 a form of like almost social capital is in like so this is what is popular and this is what's getting me likes and follows and all that kind of stuff um i think it's if i can just jump in i think it's really yeah. interesting because i started sharing on instagram back in sort of the end of 2019 and so my reasoning for setting up my account was um I'm a psychologist, but I was also a new mum at the time on maternity leave. I was aware that there was lots of strategies that I was using to keep me sort of vaguely sane. And I thought, actually, these might be helpful for other people. Um, And also a little bit of kind of normalising a lot of things, because I think as a new mum, all sorts of weird and wonderful things happen. And I knew that I was having to normalise these things in my own head. And I was like, actually, if you didn't know that this was normal, these aren't things that are spoken about and things like and kind of experiencing intrusive thoughts and things like that, um, you'd think you were going mad. And um, and 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 actually, when I started doing that, there weren't very many people out there doing doing that. And I've noticed, especially since the start of the pandemic, I guess you know every psychologist out there was a bit bored <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Why I did it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I had some time on my hands. Yeah. Set up an Instagram account, and you was like, I'm just going to push as much information out there as possible. And now it's become so overwhelming, and I've kind of noticed that that change. And I'm also interested. I mean, I guess maybe I'm a bit further along in the journey than you two are, and I'm interested in what you're saying about um, having your feed full of all these mental health posts. To be honest, most of the mental health accounts I follow, I've muted because I was like, I literally, I, I don't need to know this. I don't need to see this. I literally don't care anymore because that's all I'm seeing. And also, you're making me feel very rubbish about the account, the information that I'm putting across because I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, that's so much better than me. Um. And so I've, yeah, I've kind of just had to mute stuff and Nine Minds is full of people doing stupid dances and, you know, <laughs> cooking, baking, yeah. running. Yeah. But yeah, I think, and I, I guess that's something you have to be mindful of and actually you need to be able to curate your own feed. And if you're finding yeah. something really overwhelming, actually mute it or yeah. unfollow. I mean, I always find it a bit mean unfollowing, so I just kind of mute and then you can go back to it if you're interested but kind of just meeting those accounts and then Mm. intentionally and and we were talking a bit before about kind of how Mm. the algorithm works and once you find yourself looking at one weird and wonderful video or post actually it'll show more and more things on Mm -hmm. on like that for you and and i when we sort of talk about the issues with social media and and diagnosis and think about that a bit more um but by looking at things that you know interest me and you know pictures of food pictures <laughs> of trainers um then that means that it's more likely to show you those things mm-hmm. and you feel a little bit better mm. you know, it's got absolutely nothing to do with why i'm on instagram <laughs> but otherwise it's just really overwhelming yeah mm. um so and that uh, i guess that poses a, an interesting question though so for the uninformed and by uninformed i mean people who might who, who might not necessarily know um what because we we obviously have an inside knowledge, don't we? So we have a slightly better understanding of what is actually helpful and potentially accurate um, psychological or therapeutic or mental health information. 
Um, so we can go, well, that's bullshit or that's good or that's or like that's fine or that's okay. Um, so, you know, if we were to decide to mute things or unfollow people, I think that decision-making process will be a lot easier because I, because mm-hmm. I, because I can, I know, you know, so say for example, both your accounts, I will choose to not mute those because actually the information that you share makes sense. It's valid. It's, it's grounded in evidence and, and all that kind of stuff. And you're not just, um, you know, for lack of a better phrase, talking out your asses if, you know, <laughs> um, but somebody who's not in our position yeah like I guess and, and and I don't know if you have any answers and I'm not I'm, I'm not expecting that you do but I suppose what would be how would how would somebody be able to discern actually what is a good account or what is rubbish I guess that's a really interesting question isn't it because I would say that most of the accounts I follow the information that comes out of them is actually really valid <coughs> evidence-based from legitimate clinicians um I think the stuff that I choose to mute um, is stuff that actually doesn't make me feel very good. Okay. Um, I think um, accounts that I found actually quite patronising and unhelpful, even though that isn't maybe the way the information is being sent out Mm -hmm. or the intention behind it, the Mm -hmm. way I'm interpreting it, Mm -hmm. um, because we all have our own kind of lenses, I think, actually. And so it's more about how it makes me feel. Okay. So how it lands with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say, yeah, that and a mixture of things for me. And like, I do, I do unfollow people if I, if I consistently see posts from them and I think for, for whatever reason, it just doesn't make me feel good. I will unfollow because I think what's the point? I don't need to follow feeds that of people if it doesn't resonate or if I'm thinking I just can't relate to that. You know, if you're going off on a five star cruise and living this life and it all looks amazing, even if I know that that won't be the reality, if I'm seeing that all the time, I don't I don't want to see that. So I will unfollow. I think but I do in terms of mental health information, I think it's really interesting because there are so many people that are mental health trained in different mental health fields or mm-hmm. with hugely varying degrees of mental health training. So there's mental health therapists, there's coaches, there's therapists, there's counsellors, there's, you know, health psychologists, psychologists, clinical psychologists, psychotherapists, forensic psychologists, you know, so and, and then there's the American terminology, which is different as well. So many different. And then there's people that are just influencers that have maybe experienced mental health issues or talk about mental health or, you know, it's just it's so overwhelming. And I think it's I, I would imagine it's hard for somebody because I, I get people like sending me like links and things saying, oh, have you seen this person or their information? Is really, and I will click onto their site and I think, Actually, I think that's a bit of shit. But I think that's because I'm mentally health trained and I'll look at a few things and I'll think, well, okay, so it's quite relatable. But actually, in terms of quality mental health information, I don't think it's that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there are a lot of people out there that probably find relatable people and will follow mm. mental health advice given by relatable people because it feels relatable rather than because it's good quality mental health advice. Mm. Mm. Um, so I think you're right in that it is really tricky so for me I would curate my feed based on 
if I find it relatable, if I find it helpful for me, you know, as a psychologist, I still want, I still find other psychologists really, really helpful. There's still, so, you know, yeah. I don't know yeah. about child development. I don't know that much about forensic. I don't know that much about, you know, other, um, I don't know, maybe psychotherapeutic approaches that I don't work with. So I will follow those because I think they're informative and they inform my life. But, mm-hmm. um, but I will also unfollow accounts that I think are not giving decent information even if it's relatable but I think you're right in that I can probably tell that more easily because Mm -hmm. because I'm because of my training (laughs) yeah yeah and I guess it's I I suppose you know it's it's potentially down to well individual choice obviously you know and I suppose what somebody what somebody finds helpful because I guess you know if it's somebody who who's obviously got some lived experience of some mental health difficulties and actually following somebody that also has experiences of mental health difficulties mm-hmm. and them actually sharing some of their lived yeah. experience and the ways in which they, a bit like how you were saying, you know, w- with yourself, Chloe, about how you were going through, um, you know, after your daughter was born and things like that and um, how you thought that that information would potentially help. <laughs> She's sneezing. <laughs> You yeah, I like how you muted the sneeze, and then we've just outed you as well. Um, but uh, essentially, but essentially, that type of information, isn't it? So that you know, and I guess quite a lot of the information that I sometimes share comes from my own learning and awareness around my, um, you know, identity as a cisgender white male and mm-hmm. all the sort of, um, I guess, inherited privileges that I've, you know, taken for granted th- throughout the years and. In, in more recent times and, you know, particularly with sort of a, a lot of world events and also my training, you know, I've, I've had my eyes opened quite a lot. So actually a lot of what I share comes from my own personal experience and my own learning and my kind of yeah. like, you know, this is the reason why I think it's helpful to do this and X, Y, Z. So actually I think, you know, if people can resonate with the individualistic experience of the person sharing and it's beneficial and it's helpful then yeah maybe that's maybe that's good yeah and and helpful for them and i suppose it's about you're not alone in what you're experiencing you feel like wow you know my experience feels more normal because i'm because other people experience the same similar then absolutely it's like peer support or you know that kind of absolutely think that's you know would be a good thing to follow you don't have to follow just because of the qualifications of the person yeah but it's it's just difficult to there's a fine line isn't there between yeah um and I think yeah and I think like I suppose sometimes I I will admit I I sometimes find myself falling into a slightly a bit of an elitist position in terms of you know the people who have studied and trained and shared the knowledge kind of should be the people maybe that you should follow. But then I sort of catch myself and I think actually, you know, there is some value in uh, shared experiences, but also like, what does somebody do with that shared experience? And like, you know, it's, are they, are they doing it because they have genuine intentions and also are they then doing it in a helpful way or in a way that actually isn't just, you know, hey, I've had ADHD and these are six, you know, signs that maybe you didn't know were ADHD and then kind of putting them in seven second TikTok videos. Chloe, it looks like you want to say something. Yeah, yeah. I I just wanted to 
I'm going to disagree with you because I think there are some really brilliant accounts out there, particularly in the eating disorder space, actually, of people who are not qualified but are on a recovery journey. And I think the eating disorder space can be really tricky because there are Mm -hmm. a lot of people out there who are um, recovering, in inverted commas, but actually not really. But I think there are a number of accounts who, who who are and are really open about how they struggle still and and I think for a lot of I work with young people and I think for a lot of them actually seeing somebody else being able to articulate how they're feeling Mm. who are further along in the recovery journey because they're thinking my god I've got no hope I think is really powerful because a lot particularly with eating disorders I think they can often feel like actually nobody understands Mm-hmm. and they're the only person that's really struggling and so I think a lot of these accounts can be really powerful and really helpful I think what's tricky is when they say I do this it's helped me and so everybody feels that actually mm-hmm. they should do the same mm-hmm. and and so I guess that's something I struggle with a lot in the kind of running side of things and I've, I've challenged a few times in terms of there are often kind of panels put on events and stuff on mental health. And the only people on the panel are people who have suffered and are kind of recovering from mental illness. And there is no expert kind of input. And my concern about that is it's great that there are people there talking about their experience. I think that's really valuable, but I think it's also important that we listen to people who know what they're talking about because, because they can give more generic advice and support in a way that you can't do if you've been through that experience yourself. Because I guess there's because I guess there's something different about the individual experience, isn't there? So how you as a person who has experienced mental health difficulties, how it's manifested in yourself, how it's impacted your life, how you have overcome that, or maybe are still struggling to overcome that, and the ways in which you are currently doing that, versus somebody who has a broader overview of, you know, how things can apply generally to the population and what and 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 what it might look like and how, you know, I don't know skills or approaches or um, ways in thinking about mental health or the the etiology of mental health. You know all those various different types of things because because that's also as important, isn't it, as an individual experience that that somebody may have. Yeah. So for example, you know, I've done a run streak. I've run every day for the last, you know, five years and now I feel really good in my mental health. Well, that's great for you, but actually that isn't necessarily going to work for somebody. And then when they go out and try and do that and then find that they failed, well, and then they feel even more rubbish. Whereas actually if you're a professional, you can say, well, let's have a think about, you know, there's lots of things that might help. There's lots of options. You don't just have to go out and run a mile every day because it's tiring. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would agree, and it, and it's also, I suppose, as the um, the person with that more generic knowledge, we also have that sort of privilege that you're talking about in that knowing that if something doesn't work, you know that there are other things that might be helpful or helping a person understand why it might not work for them, or mm-hmm. um, you know. So, and if you're a person that's been through it, you only know what you've experienced mm-hmm. rather than you know somebody that's seen it from the other side who can see well I've seen lots of people overcome it and using lots of different ways and have had help in different ways and so Mm. I guess 
so I guess they both have their place but um coming back to that sort of feeling of overwhelm it doesn't it's really hard to on an individual basis to give you know top advice for how to curate your feed so that you yeah. get quality information and if you're feeling overwhelmed you know whatever and I think and sometimes it is about also just having a break have a break from social media for a bit you know yeah. <laughs> I've actually not posted for a month and it's been really nice and I'm thinking oh maybe I <laughs> maybe I want a bit longer but then but I don't know whether that's also as a result of what we're talking about in that I, I'm starting to think maybe it was that sort of slight burnout from just mm. as it, you know, and I think if we talk about the algorithm changes as well, because it's much more focused on what you've watched and what you've looked at and then showing you more of the same rather than showing you the people that you follow. Mm-hmm. And also it's much more focused on pushing reels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so suddenly I find Instagram is just this really noisy overwhelming place full stop and then that feeling you need to kind of just throw yourself into it and I mean I, I'm also kind of just accidentally taking a break at the moment because I'm actually do you know what I think my head is about to explode yeah. and I'm just going to watch some more videos on cooking food <laughs> because watching people doing street food in Thailand is you know where my brain is at, at the moment yeah. mm-hmm. um and yeah because it's just like honestly where do I fit in this and I think it's I think it's so interesting that you both said that you're on a break because I am also considering taking a bit of a (laughs) taking a month off but I guess but I guess you know and I guess so so this is us as content creators you know thinking about thinking about taking a break because there, there are a multitude of reasons for that. There's about, there's, you know, so the information's overwhelming, trying to keep up with what's popular, what, what the algorithm mm. is expecting us to do is obviously, so that, that in and of itself is, is burning. And that maybe that's slightly different to why yeah. somebody who's not a content creator might burn out, but I guess <clears throat> the, the same principle applies, isn't it? So if you are, if you are feeling burnt out by, the, uh, social media by instagram by i guess like you were saying chloe the noise because it is it's very busy and I, I i mean i have my instagram i have my phone on silent most of the time so when i'm flicking through everything is on silent anyway but it's not but it's it's so i don't have Visual the noise, noise. but the, yeah but the, but it's busy there are people dancing there is there is you know what's the latest trend where everything goes green and yellow and red and all that kind of stuff and like it's just you you, you just see that all the time so like literally uh, visually it's it's uh, um a bit much and, and i i think what i'm interested in as well is even just not for people who are content creators but just for people that are looking at instagram is what that's doing to your brain <laughs> and, and and i think as we're psychologists maybe we should be talking about about that is actually mm. what is that doing to your brain and our inability to kind of just generally focus and keep our attention on anything mm-hmm. because yeah. and if you I mean there's um so um and you may have noticed on some of my reels I'm about to you know share a trade secret but if you 
um if you change the background on the reel like every sentence then it holds people's attention more because there's things going on in the background in terms mm-hmm. of how you you kind of the things are going on and, and and but it's about actually so now our brains can't focus on anything and I've noticed actually I find it harder just to focus on you know a 30 second reel where somebody's just talking because there's nothing going on in the background and then yeah. you're more, what impact is this having on the rest of my life yeah. and also the um just the fact that you know it's just it makes you wired yeah well, I find it makes me wired yeah. I mean that's why I had to come off of TikTok because it was all over the shop yeah I think I think sort of in terms of your like your, your nervous system activation it's very it's very like um overstimulating and visual and mm. it's like you know yeah I don't even and that's know what part of your off. brain is. <laughs> that's the sound off, yeah. Like, so your brain is just working overtime with all these flashing images. And then, and it's also like, you know, you've got to look at the, 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 the person doing the thing and then there's the words and then there's the music and then it flips from this to that. And there is just a lot going on in seven seconds. And you're just like, wow. And then you just flick to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, actually you're, you're, so actually, you're right, Chloe. There is a, you know, a potential longer term um i guess a, a tension attentional um issue that that may be that may occur where people just can't focus for long enough because they've just they've just got used to things that happen in, within the blink of an eye um, and, and i guess it's it's interesting in terms of i've been reading stolen Fo- i read stolen focus which is an yeah. incredibly interesting book and i mean my um so my doctoral thesis was on adhd so this is an area i found quite interesting anyway um and um, just what it's talking about in terms of actually, you know, having, um, so the guy just has a full digital detox for three months and there's no notifications. And actually he said it was just, it to start off with, it was really tricky, but afterwards it was just amazing. Um, and I don't know if you've watched um, The Social Dilemma. Yeah, I've watched that. I, again, kind of people <coughs> who work social media um, to the big tech companies they know what they're doing they know that they'll just send you a little notification and it'll bring you back to the app and what they want to do is they want and that's why they're pushing the reels because it holds people's attention and so it's holding more of your time mm-hmm. on their app and not doing anything else and it holds you and then you might see an advert and then you'll click on their advert on the advert from their app which then brings in revenue for them and so um yeah, and I think that's really important to be kind of mindful of because that's the intention of TikTok and of Instagram is to hold your attention so that they because the more the longer your attention is on their app, the more money that they bring bring in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you notice like sometimes like, if you've not been posting for a long time and you might get a notification that says oh something so then you'll click and have a look but it's actually just somebody else you know is now on Instagram or somebody else you know liked some posts or something so it's not even in relation to you but it's to keep giving you that same dopamine hit that you get every time you get a like and a comment so hilariously I don't use Facebook anymore like I just I just don't I um, I have um, a group of friends that I use Facebook Messenger they're the only people that I talk to on Facebook Messenger Everybody's but, got that one is, group that but that is the that is the extent of my use of Facebook and I shit you not I still get notifications from Facebook saying and this is how desperate it's gotten they will tell me that somebody I know has made a comment on their own post <laughs> and I am like 
why would I give a shit about that? Why would I care that somebody else, sure, I know who they are and that's fine. I like, you know, it's like my cousin or a friend of mine from school or whatever. I know them, but why do I care that they've made a comment on their own post? I'm like, Facebook, you are getting desperate. And the weird thing is, though, is that I can somehow manage to ignore the Facebook notifications. Um, but... Uh, and I turned Instagram notifications off as well because I, I was I, I watched the social dilemma and I was like I'm on to you you fuckers, um, but I will still. Uh, it's become quite an automatic thing though now. It's become quite a conditioned thing um, where I just check, and then when I check, then I get yeah, pulled in. It, and yeah, the next and then thing you're like, I know it's like twenty minutes is gone, and I'm like fuck, I was meant to do something. It is so <laughs> very clever how they. Mm. how they do it i'm also aware that we have gone completely off the topic of well, I was thinking, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it in a second I was, well i was actually thinking though in, in terms of relating that to what we're talking about though it is it does relate because what that also does is it really makes us distill the information that we give to make it fit in with knowing what the algorithm wants us to like the way it wants us to be so you know like background changes every sentence or seven second reels or you know punchy bullet points so that people and we do that as content creators or I do that as content creators because I think I want people to pay attention in the hope that they'll then read the caption or then they'll sort of go onto my feed and get more useful information or more in-depth information but it does make you really really narrow the information that you give which then does end up you do then end up losing a bit of nuance or you do end up being a bit generic or you do end up feeling like oh um, is my information actually really helpful now or am I just serving the algorithm to try and get people to read the information that they probably won't read in the longer posts because they don't want that they want the short stuff with the you know so it's it is really it is relatable it does relate because I think yeah. it does influence how we produce information and the way that people take in information and people, I think people can feel it and get pissed off with it because they're like, Oh, for fuck's sake, it's the same thing over and over. Or this, yeah. But it's as a result of the fact that we're being driven to produce information in this way to try and get people on the app. Mm. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's, it's that whole sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Yeah. So if you want your information to get out there, you want it, you need to, you need to almost march to the march to the beat of this particular drum. However, yeah. this particular beat is not it's really conducive. To make your yeah. information really helpful, really factual, really yeah. relatable, really evidence-based, really on point. And you know, in seven seconds with all the background changes. Yeah, it is. Like, like literally, oh, like how think, do you how do that's you that's why we're getting burnt out because like it's really fucking hard. I know. How do you how do you condense? About, how can I make this relatable? How can I get people to read yeah. this? How can I you know it's just but it becomes like because you want to do it, you do it, but then I think you get to a point also where it's like, oh my brain is just fried, can't do it. Yeah, not working and I, and I guess it's like how do you condense all the information that you need to want to because i mean like you know when you're in a therapy session and you want to explain like a psychological concept or a way of thinking yeah. or, an, or or how to um use a skill or discuss a barrier like that takes like a good 10 minutes and yeah. it's a relational thing where somebody will have a question and they say well i don't understand that or can you explain this again and you know, it, it. You know, I'm saying ten minutes is like a really conservative estimate. It can sometimes take an entire session to get yeah. your head around one oh, particular man. concept. Yeah. You know, and that's like a good, 
you know, if you're thinking of the therapeutic hour, that's a good 50, 55 minutes of discussing something. Whereas we're trying to condense things into seven fucking yeah. seconds yeah. <laughs> with like some random, random dance. dance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a bit of pointing. Yeah. Most, yeah. And I just think like, like and, and, and I guess, three outfit changes. And I, and I suppose like, I, I don't, I'm, I want to hold that obviously the people who are doing it, they're doing it for a reason and I don't want to take a dig at them, but but it's yeah, just too. like, it's like it. <laughs> some, sometimes, sometimes I just focus on the fact that you're pointing yeah. rather than actually reading it yeah. and just, you know, or the outfit changes. Ooh, where yeah. did you get those shoes? Yeah. I remember when I started Instagram, I said to a friend, I'm never going to do a pointy reel and I'm never going to dance. And she was like, oh, go on. It'd be, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And now I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dancing, pointing. I'm like, fuck it. But it's. I guess if you can have fun with it at the same time, maybe it's, you know, it takes, it takes away a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, you, you have been, you have been conditioned to the oh, parameters. Absolutely. I'm of, a slave of, to, of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to the algorithm. You are a slave to TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> that's how I think yeah. it feels. I think that's sometimes what it, how it feels you become as a result of the way it works the way yeah. that the the program works that and, and I think you need to I think I find I need to hold quite strongly to my own ethics and my own yeah. boundaries because there's certainly you see accounts and you're like oh my gosh they're getting loads of engagement mm. but they're sharing something that I really don't think is an is appropriate mm. um and, and I think kind of going back to um what people were sharing in terms of things they didn't like <clears throat> and and I think um somebody was sort of talking about you know childhood trauma and abuse and how often you know you'll see posts like that or again the kind of the ADHD stuff you know um if you've got a really messy drawer then you must have ADHD and that kind of losing the the context that these things come in losing mm. the fact that actually a diagnosis is a cluster of symptoms mm. and not and and quite complex mm. and and not something you know mm. that you can easily convey and I mm. think you, you can see people posting all of this stuff and getting lots of engagement and you're like and, and I keep saying actually there's no way and I need to hold myself to that but there's no way I'm going to post stuff like that and I think also in terms of self-disclosure as well mm. and I think you know I'm I think there is some self-disclosure that's helpful but you also have to remember that you know I work with teenagers. I'm fairly confident they're all following me on the sly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, okay, there's lots of stuff I'm sure I could share that would be sensational mm. and get lots of engagement. Mm. But actually, how helpful is that going to be for the clients that I work yeah. with? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So just to kind of bring it back to the sort of the, the the things that we were talking about in terms of what the the followers found helpful and unhelpful. So actually, a lot of the things that you know we've talked about have been already been mentioned. So um, there were themes of of being bombarded and you know being overwhelmed. Um, but we've talked about how if that is the case, it's about thinking about how that makes you feel and what you can do in order to kind of reduce that. 
Um, the, uh, the idea of generic advice or hacks and tips where it's just like three steps to overcoming whatever. Mm. Like, you know, I, I can't, like, I, I can't even conceptualize what I would say as a joke because just, I know that that's an impossible thing to, to achieve. Um, the idea of one small thing makes uh, everything a mental health diagnosis. Mm. <laughs> Again, like you were talking about how, you know, um, if you yeah. have a messy draw, you have ADHD. And it's like, I'm not quite sure where you've drawn the link. You know, um, that's very much a, if anything, a very loose correlation. It's not even massively correlational. That is, you know, just one out of a multitude of things that might um, relate it also to. Takes away, it also takes away like the, the humanness, that like being human and, you know, not everything. I think that's the other thing with um so much mental health information it's re- it is really helpful for a lot of people but it does sometimes take away the fact that you know as a human being we have messy drawers as a human being we I don't know we forget things as human beings we run late we're you know we fuck up we it, it, all of these things where have emotional ups and downs and things like have that yeah. exact, have days where we feel really down have have periods of times where we feel really really anxious for no apparent reason how you know have trouble sleeping have so all of these things are also very normal for us to experience mm. as humans and I think sometimes that we lose that we lose sight of that in trying to inform people of mental health mental health issues um trying to sort of destigmatize we actually over over diagnose perhaps or over over pathologize yeah pathologize yeah um I think what I was gonna well first of all I know I said my ethical code and those things I really kind of have to hold myself accountable to that I'm not going to do even though I know that lots of other people get lots of engagement I want to say that isn't a criticism to the other people who share these things because their context is going to be different yeah yeah um and and actually, it probably is very helpful for other people to kind of hear these these things. Um, and also, I think it's about kind of share, sort of remembering that actually, in terms of what you're saying about people being human, you know, everyone's got a messy drawer. But also, actually, I think, yeah, that's really validating for people who do have ADHD to be able to see that actually, you know, this is part of the ADHD, mm. but also very confusing for people who don't have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's what's really tricky about yeah. um, social media is that actually you're sharing information for one audience, mm. but actually it's possibly being seen by a whole different audience. Mm. And, yeah, and trying to yeah. hold that in mind I guess that's what I'm saying about kind of I suppose I'm mindful of that and I feel that like I have to hold myself accountable to ethics because there's a reason why I'm on social media and things I want to share but also I need to be mindful that I'm pretty sure most of my clients are you know if not following me officially following me on the sly mm-hmm. um and, and and bearing that in mind and they aren't my intended audience mm-hmm. um I need to remember that because actually there are things I don't want to share that might be helpful for my audience, but isn't going to be helpful for them to see. And I think that's, it's quite hard, isn't it? Trying to hold all that together and being mindful that actually people are seeing it who don't necessarily need to see it. And I guess the other thing I wanted to say, we were chatting before, weren't we, about 
I work with adolescents and I find a lot that they will come and be like, I've seen this stuff on, you know, Instagram or TikTok and I think I've got borderline personality disorder. And I'm fairly confident that the people who are sharing all this information about borderline personality disorder are not sharing it for 14-year-olds. They're sharing it for people who are like them who've got borderline personality disorder. Um, and I find, you know, you have to explain that no you don't you're just a teenager (laughs) and actually it's really normal as a teenager to experience extremes of mood Mm. and you're a teenager with a mental health problem because that's why you're coming to see me so you know you've got that and you've got these mood swings so Mm -hmm. they're kind of the normal kind of hormones so actually I don't think you do have borderline personality disorder you can't be diagnosed with it officially until you're 18 but I'd rather you were 25 in the first place um but I think then the feeling is, is you're not listening to them and they're not being heard because they felt really heard by these posts on social media. And, and, and I think that can be really, really tricky. And they come to you as a professional and feel dismissed. Mm. Yeah. And I suppose, and I suppose the, the, the question that popped into my mind, well, there's two questions and they're both related, but then I guess, you know, that this is the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with both of you. Cause as I mentioned before we started this, I, I work in, the forensic so you know the the people i work with have very limited if they're in the community contact with sort of social media because they probably don't really know much about it and they're not that tech savvy or i work with people in the prison who literally just don't have access to social media so actually the real world implications of all of this kind of overwhelm and this increase in um, social media content and it being um commodified in some way um I don't really <clears throat> have an awareness of, the, of what the real world impact is, but it sounds like, you know, especially with the example that you've just given Chloe is that actually it is coming into the therapy room, but also not just that, but actually it's almost creating an unexpected barrier to the therapeutic relationship and almost the work that you, you almost have to seem to be unpicking that in order to then kind of get to, the, the the actual reason why they might be uh, in therapy with you is that is that a fair comment yeah yeah I mean I guess for me I kind of because I work with adolescents um it's probably been there for a long time so I'm quite used, used to it, to it. <laughs> okay. um because it's either I've got borderline personality disorder or it's I should be happy all the time and because I feel a bit sad then there's something wrong with me okay um, what I used to see a lot of as well is when there was lots of stuff in like heat max. So even before social media, you know, I've read in heat that somebody's got bipolar. I think I've got bipolar too. So I think part of it is the population that I work with, but it feels like slightly more impressionable teenagers who maybe kind of maybe over identify with or have a tendency maybe to over identify with things. But, But it feels like there is a big fight. And I guess that's why, I feel I need to be really mindful of my own content and that mm-hmm. um, there are people who are watching my content who the content is not intended for. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try to, I will talk about symptoms and I will talk about experiences. I don't talk about diagnoses mm-hmm. because I don't want anybody sort of coming away from my, what I've shared and think, shit, I've got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with adults, I think I haven't had so much of that. Maybe maybe once or twice I've had people, but I, a lot of people I've seen 
have seen social media and found it helpful. I've seen I've seen quite a few people that have where social media has actually then encouraged them to take up therapy or mm-hmm. has triggered them into they can relate to something or it makes them realize that it you know what they're experiencing might be normal or might be something related to I don't know anxiety low mood depression or whatever but so for me I think in the therapy room I have seen a number of clients that have found social media helpful um, and have and have used it either use the strategies or you know not mine other other they'll tell me about people they follow and they're oh did you see this one and it was really good and they said about this or which I think is really you know which is the positive side which is you know what I'm hoping you know the reason that I came on really for that um but then I suppose there are um the thing that I'm more mindful of is like you were saying about how much you share like I want part of my site I want to be personal so that people see you know I don't want psychologists or therapists to be on a pedestal I want to be you know a a, a normal also a normal human also experiencing this stuff not some kind of guru with all the knowledge you know I struggle with the rest of it but if I've got people that follow me that I then see in the therapy room I also have to be mindful I don't want to share that I'm having too much of a shit day and then someone coming and be like, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, no, perfectly, okay, perfectly okay. Perfectly okay. This, yeah. this is not about me. We're here to talk yeah. about you. So. Yeah. Yeah. But you slumped over that lunchtime glass of wine. Yeah. You just running down your face. Yeah, exactly. So I think, so I think there is a big part of social media for adults that are, the adults that I see mm. Well, I have seen it to be really helpful. I've said, you know, that it's maybe it's encouraged people to go into therapy. It's mm-hmm. encouraged people to talk about therapy more or to talk about mental health more or feel less ashamed of what they're experiencing. I have seen a lot of that. Um, it's just always about the balance, isn't it? About, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the nuance, which we're always talking about, which is sometimes mm-hmm. really tricky to get across. And I think that brings, you know, very hopefully actually into the, some of the stuff, I guess, some of the themes around what the my followers suggested were actually helpful. So some, one of the things that we've already touched on and you've just touched on now is this idea of knowing that someone, that you're not alone, that you're not the only person that has this particular thing, which I think is, you know, actually a really powerful um, mm. uh, um, consequence or um, yeah. positive outcome of it. Because I suppose maybe, you know, people with varying degrees of mental health difficulties whilst they might not necessarily be socially isolated as in they may have family and friends around them but I guess you know they may feel that they are the only one kind of struggling with that you know and if we're thinking about that statistic of you know one in four people will have a mental health difficulty at some point in their life um it's not it's not easy to spot it's not easy you know you can't you can't see those people there's no sort of you know they don't have a halo over their head that's kind of you know like a sim that just bobs exactly. around over their head. So yeah. actually seeing that on social media um, yeah. w- um, from people who are willing to share it yeah. um, is actually quite um, validating. Yeah. Um, and then I guess also sort of <clears throat> in a bit of a contradiction to what some people felt unhelpful because some people said that the tips were unhelpful. Other people do find tips helpful. So, but I guess it's about, I guess it's about how those tips are delivered and 
I guess the nuance behind those tips as well, isn't it? So it's the how, how realistic they are because three hacks to cure insomnia. Is what really <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if it's you're like struggling the, with intrusive thoughts, <clears throat> this might be helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if it's like the if you do these things, then the issue will go away completely and you won't have it anymore. I feel like that's just a load of bullshit. Whereas yeah. actually, if there's a bit more nuance around, if this is how you're feeling, this this might be this might be helpful. Um, but if not, you know, th- there yeah. are other things that maybe you can try. Like if there's there's some kind yeah. of caveat to the idea that this is something that is understood from an evidence base to be helpful. Um, but if it doesn't, that just means it's not for you. You know, there yeah. are other things that you can try. Yeah. Um, so, so it's that idea behind the nuance of <clears throat> of of what it is that you're sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that they that that people said um, it, they found helpful were accounts that maintained nuance that weren't just. Um, and I guess you know I, we've talked about it. You know we've fall foul of just putting out things that are very snappy and all that kind of stuff. I certainly know that I. If I'm feeling a bit lazy, I might just put something else that's got yeah. like a very short caption and I'm just like, oh God. Okay, but then sometimes I'm just like, why did I do that? I like yeah. I will I will question it and I'll just be like, actually, how helpful was that in the grand scheme of things? Yeah. Um sorry, Chloe, were you were you just putting up your hand? No, I was, you're like, I was, I I was do that. admitting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have, yeah, me too. Because you and but I think that's the pressure to put that's the that's the content producer mm. side, I think, where you feel a pressure to post if you haven't done yeah. it for a while if your brain's not functioning but you're thinking because you do you do see that like the algorithm, the algorithm. The algorithm. Yeah. yeah you do and you sort of feel a sort of subconscious pressure to post mm. which we shouldn't but we do and then we're like oh fuck it I'll, I'll post that and then afterwards like actually it hasn't really served the purpose of what I was yeah. what I'm here for, but you doing it because you feel like you need to post something because you haven't posted in a while or, you know. Yeah. <sighs> um, and then the final thing that they said they found helpful were things about like facts, studies, data, resources, um, and links to, 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 to research and things like that. Um, you know, broken... there, was a, there was an unhelpful one that said the same, wasn't there? <laughs> was there? I think so. I think that was an unhelpful. Yeah. So to to be fair, there was a helpful one about stats. (laughs) To to be fair, there was a lot of contradiction in some of what they said that was helpful or unhelpful. Wasn't one of the unhelpful ones just therapists? Yeah. Yeah. Which which I thought was great because you know, in my my head, it's like so. If you don't, if you if you if you don't want to take your um, information from a therapist. Or, you know, my question would be like, so who do you want it from? Um, or maybe, don't I don't know. Us. You don't want to talk to a therapist, don't follow yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess it's not all it's not all doom and gloom. I guess there are there are benefits. And I suppose, you know, it's I guess that's what I wanted to acknowledge at the beginning is that there is obviously it is helpful. Like, I think it would be, I think it would be maybe worse if there was still a strong stigma around and people weren't sharing this and it wasn't um, accessible or done in this way. But I guess it's just trying to think about the balance and finding the balance between what is actually helpful and what is not helpful. Um, And actually, I think this has been a really good conversation where I think hopefully people who do follow mental health accounts can maybe take some of 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 what would be helpful to follow and what would be helpful to think about particularly around burnout but then also particularly to think about um what type of information and who it's coming from Mm -hmm. um yeah 
and, and, and how and, does it make me feel i think that's the thing yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't make you feel good don't like it's fine even if they're even if they're a highly qualified mental health professional if you're reading the information and it, it doesn't make you feel good you don't have to follow <laughs> yeah no or, one's telling maybe, you <laughs> there's no yeah. there's no bound contract isn't it like if you, yeah if you've hit i know you were saying chloe that it feels a bit mean to unfollow somebody but actually like you know there's no bound contract like if people unfollow you then <laughs> yeah. i mean i you know this is something else that i slightly obsess over i obsess over the analytics and i get unfollowed at least 10 times a day like you know there are at least 10 15 people who have just thought this man is talking a load of fucking shit and then just <laughs> click that unfollow button so if it can be done to me you can do it to other people too <laughs> look at me i've survived well, i guess i guess there are people who i feel like they do put out good content but actually it isn't it isn't making me feel good for whatever yeah. reason yeah. yeah and so I mute them there are people I'm like literally what the actual fuck and then I unfollow them <laughs> maybe it is to ask that question isn't it so if your first response to a post is what the actual fuck just hit, <laughs> just hit that unfollow button I think that's a sound piece of advice yeah <laughs> that's it nailed it podcast done <laughs> yeah um podcast done um but then but then i guess it's also been really helpful actually to think about um you know how we as content creators and maybe this might be helpful for other content creators i don't know um to think about actually ourselves and and what we what our intentions are firstly for what we post what Mm -hmm. our sort of um I guess our ethics are, and I guess they, they they may be different for different people in terms of disclosure and how they want to shape their information. And if they want to be, if they want to be a real maker, then that's what you do. But then I think, you know, think about the information and how much you can actually put in that and how much um, is maybe lost because of the algorithms um, pressure to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think certainly for me, um, I, th- th- this is, this conversation has definitely made me think about actually, I prefer my older way of doing things where there was a bit more nuance where maybe there was a couple slides and it actually had some information. And do you know what, if that helps, if a couple of people enjoy it, enjoy it, or it's found it's, it's, it's helpful, you know, then that's fine. It doesn't need to go viral. Like I don't need to have 1.1 million followers and have, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's but just, I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it would be really nice if I did. No, <laughs> um but also the idea of a break actually the idea of you know of of taking a break because i certainly have found that actually my uh creativity and i put that in inverted commas um is certainly stagnating actually and i think Mm -hmm. that a break from it all might just be good and i'm also a bit jealous that actually that you're both on breaks and i wonder how that must just feel just generally Mm. like in terms of your well-being it must be quite nice yeah it is I do yeah it's been lovely and at the moment I sort of feel like there's that I feel like I ought to come back I ought to post because I haven't in a while but there's also part of me that I I don't actually have any motivation to do it at the minute so that makes me feel like I probably shouldn't yeah and you know any therapist or psychologist worth their salt would say to you that if you don't have the motivation to do it it's probably not in your best interest to do it so exactly exactly Listen to your own advice, eh? Yeah. <laughs> nah. As I say, not as I do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that feels like a, a really good place to, <laughs> to stop and, um, I guess, 
yeah wrap up so um thank you very much thank you very much for your insights i've i've enjoyed the conversation um if you just want to do the whole thing where you just tell people where they can find you and then you know we'll end there go on then chloe um so i am chloe bedford and you can find me um at the dot running dot psychologist and i am joe rodriguez and you can find me at straightforward psychology Thank you both very much. I've really enjoyed it. See you later. Bye. Bye.